Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everyone. Shep Hyken here back on Amazing Business Radio, and we have for a repeat visit, Marilyn Suttle. Marilyn's a great buddy of mine. She's also a fellow speaker. She's an internationally recognized customer service expert and speaker. She has written a best-selling book, and I love this book, called Who's Your Gladys? How to Turn Even the Most Difficult Customer into Your Biggest Fan. She's been on Amazing Business Radio before. Marilyn, welcome back to the show. How long has it been? Since you were here, it's probably about two years or so. I think so. It's been a while. Well, it's time to bring you back, and you share some of your wisdom. And one of the things that caught my eye was your most recent publication, uh, which is called Color Their World, The Art of Creating Strong Customer Loyalty. And what I love about it, it's a book with very few words and a lot of pictures, and those pictures need to be colored in. And so it's a great stress reliever. And, you know, and as you know, right before the show, I'm panicking because I can't find my coloring book that you sent me, and that's because someone in the office stole it and is coloring it as we speak. Yep, I'm sure that's true. (laughs) So one of the things that you're known for, obviously you're a speaker, but you're also a great trainer, and uh, you refer to yourself as a results coach. Let's talk about training because when it comes to customer service and loyalty, that's what I want to focus this episode on for Amazing Business Radio. I want to talk about the new training tool you have, which is your new, you know, the art of creating, or or color their world, the art of creating strong customer loyalty, which, by the way, is available on Amazon. And you just share with me that it's hit bestseller status in three countries. Darn fine, exciting uh, things are happening in your world. So, yes. yeah, let's talk about the book. Let's talk about training. So let's start off with how training and, and reinforcement uh, play in creating a great customer loyalty. Well, to look at that training and reinforcement, we kind of have to step back for a minute because when we hear customer loyalty, we think of customer loyalty programs, the coupons, the self-service systems, yep. all that type of thing. Yep. Uh, you, you punch automated. the card, on, and when, I, when you come back after 10 visits, you get a free sandwich. How exciting right, is that? Right. That's not loyalty <laughs> programs. That's a marketing program. Exactly, exactly. And if you look at, like, Amazon, uh, they're ranked number one for the customer brand loyalty leaders list. But what it's for is for online retail, streaming, tablet categories, things like that that – is not the face-to-face, so we, it can be confusing to think about customer loyalty because we get all caught up in what's your CRM and what are all the uh, processes, which are important. But here's the thing. The more we have automation, the more we have things like artificial intelligence that bring information to us or the Internet of Things, which has the wireless devices in our refrigerator that tells us when we're out of milk, you know, all these crazy things that are now automated – the more important it is that we have strong communication, strong customer service, because when something goes wrong and you have to talk to a live person, well, you better have strong skills and your team, that internal customer service better be strong so you can get information from one department to another and make things happen fast. 
So, I, I mean, I love it, and that's exactly perfect. And I thought where you were going to go when you were talking about all these, uh, you know, automations, the Internet of Things, being able to have some device say, hey, you're out of milk, milk gets automatically delivered, that type of thing. I thought you were going to go where it's not just the service, but it's also the relationship, because what's going to happen with all of these automated uh, activities uh, that are helping people have a more convenient life you're going to lose some of the personality of the company. It's going to become mm -hmm. really a commodity. It's like, okay, who should I get my milk from? They're both going to deliver. Who should I get my detergent from? By the way, I love the dash button. Talk about convenience. Amazon has these little buttons called the dash button. They look like little uh, doorbells. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, they adhere to, you know, with a little sticky pad, they adhere to the side of a washing machine or the refrigerator or, you know, any anywhere. And then if you're out of, you know, detergent for your washing machine, you push the button and you get a little message. Are you sure you want to order? Yes. Boom. It shows up. How does I mean, right. that, that's like, you know, I, I love this new word automagically. It automagically oh, shows yeah. up. And uh, I'd like to say I take credit for coming up with that word, but I didn't. I heard it from a couple of different people. And it's uh, such a good word. It is a good word. It's like <laughs> magic. Uh, right. I just saw a great quote that Arthur C. Clarke said that uh, technology, I, I can't remember the exact quote, but basically amazing new technology that's hard for people to comprehend is indistinguishable from magic. So, uh, right, right. It is. And, and then you, what it ha ends up happening is you delight and surprise customers. And there's something called the rule of six that is out there that when you have a happy customer, that person's six times more likely to choose other things that you, your company does, other categories of service. Mm. So that automagic is important. Uh, but it means it, there's a lot behind the scenes to make that happen, right? Uh, a tremendous amount has to happen behind the scenes. And you know what? It doesn't just happen by accident. It happens because you're prepared. And the way yeah. to prepare is training. Exactly. Training, and not just training, but reinforcement. Because we go through the training, but it's the leaders who will then reinforce, who have the courage to have the conversations. When, you know, when a customer, I mean, not a customer, but a, a colleague or an employee doesn't quite have the right behavior or attitude, there's a requirement of stepping in and giving feedback and right. Coaching, setting a new expectation. reinforcement, right. Exactly. And without that piece, which I consider that internal customer service, it's, it's caring enough about the culture of your company that you will step into the uncomfortable conversation and guide people back on track. Mm. All right, let's... There's a, well, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. No, you go oh, ahead. Okay. You, I don't okay. want to stop your thought. Ahead. I thought you were done, but Lino, keep going. You know what? You just spurred a thought is that um, it's leadership and employee behavior and attitude that is probably one of the most significant drivers of customer satisfaction, all things being said. Well, what's happening on the inside of a company, the way leadership treats their employees is going to be felt by the outside. Uh, I have the old adage. That's what I, I like to say, what happens inside. But really... You can't, as a leader, expect your employees to act differently toward the customer or to their fellow colleagues and employees uh, any differently than the way you treat them as a leader. Mm -hmm. And that takes so much self-awareness. And that's where this, this new uh, publication comes into play, is to help bring it to consciousness, to really hone in on what's important around the, the relationship piece. Mm. 
So, and the new publication, Color Their World, The Art of Creating Strong Customer Loyalty with the emphasis on the word art because mm-hmm. you get to fill in, with, you know, crayons. You need to make a deal with crayons. Uh, <laughs> you should get a percentage of every box of crayons that is sold um, th- to, to fill in the book. All right, let's talk about peer learning because that's a uh, – I look here at my – points that I want to go over with you and one of the things you like to talk about or share insight on is peer learning and how it raises customer satisfaction scores. Absolutely. Well, you know, if you think of a team of people that work together, sometimes a manager will come in and give a quick training, a quick tip. This is what we want you to do. This is what we expect you to do. That makes an impression, but what makes a bigger impression is when a frontline person sees someone on their own level who's excited and enthusiastic about customer service because it becomes like infectious and when they hear it from a peer especially when they get some corrective feedback and i'll give you an example because i spent a, a lot of time with the sky lakes medical center in oregon uh, when i was writing the first book the who's your gladys book and they went from the 40th percentile into the 90th percentile for customer satisfaction wow. by making some changes. And one what of the were changes, those changes? <laughs> well, here is the thing. It goes to peer learning. What they did is they selected their top-performing frontline staff, and that could be the top-performing uh, janitors, uh, their nurses, their uh, people that do the administration. Whatever level the job was, they would find a top performer and they'd train them to train their, their peers. They'd literally invest in them to become the trainers. And now these are not people with training backgrounds like yours and mine, mm-hmm. but these are people who really live the principles. They, they're, they have the right attitude, and they truly enjoy excelling. And th- that was one of their major improvements that switched everything around, and those scores just raised because... It's one thing to have a manager tell you what to do. It's another thing to hear it from a peer. Mm. And you're not asking the peer to eventually leave their role to become a manager just because they're supporting and helping others. You're letting them stay at the job that they're great at, that they love doing. You know, it drives me crazy. And I know you've experienced this as well, and companies complain about it. Uh, Eventually they complain about when they realize the mistake they made. And that Mm -hmm. is... They take their best salespeople and they turn them into sales managers and they let them, you know, manage people and they're really not good at that. However, if somebody, and you use a janitor as an example, if somebody's excellent at doing and they can become a mentor uh, or, you know, a a teacher, not necessarily the manager, there you go. Totally different story. Exactly. And then when that's reinforced, when it becomes like this is the way we do things, what happens is people that don't want to live by those rules, that don't want to, for example, the, the six-foot rule, that's one of the classics we all know about. If somebody gets within six feet of you, you would lift your eyes up, make eye contact, and say something pleasant. Right. And that goes internally with your coworkers and your customers. Right. But if somebody doesn't like to do that and it's reinforced and expected and you're held accountable to it, they leave. They don't want to be there. Um There's a saying that uh, I spoke with the ISCO Industries CEO, and he said something really profound, um, that you either have a spiral of excellence going up, and that's where your top performers inspire the people around them, and and they all rise together because 
good performers like to work with other good performers, or you have a spiral down with people who are just trying to hide because they really don't want to excel. And so you really need to ferret them out by being very, very reinforcing those, those expectations constantly. Yeah, and I think that the key is recognizing the star performers and giving the ones that are lagging a little bit the opportunity or okay. let them select out or you know maybe they're not the right person for the frontline job put them behind the scenes and find somebody behind the scenes that might be dying to get out to talk to the people I, I know this there's someone in my office and she loves to file and that means, you know, give her a big stack of files. She goes in the file room, and she starts putting things away exactly where they're supposed to go. I'm good for that for the first two or three files. Then I start to go crazy. And guess what? Right. She can't stand talking on the phone to clients. She's afraid. She's nervous. Uh, I don't know why, because she's very competent at what she does. But mm-hmm. we know what her strengths are, so we let her play to her strengths. And that's part of what this is, uh, is teaching people who from great uh, – you know, performers who are their peers to do, you know, similar behaviors. And if they don't like it, hey, they'll find something else to do. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, um, might want to touch a little bit more on this concept of peer learning. But also, I want to get into the Color Their World book and, and how you use sentence stems. That's an intriguing term to help teams own their attitudes and behaviors needed to create the strong customer loyalty that we've been talking about. So, Don't go away. This is Amazing Business Radio. We're talking to Marilyn Suttle, and we will be right back. Shep Hyken here. How would you like customer service training anytime you want it or need it, day or night? Well, with Shepard Virtual Training, you will have world-class customer service training at your fingertips online 24-7, 365 days a year. Just go to www.shepondemand.com. Once again, that's ShepOnDemand.com. And remember, always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio Talk with Marilyn Suttle. And now we're going to get into her new book, which actually is very cool because it's a coloring book, just like when we were kids. A coloring book, we get to fill in colors we get to go inside the lines outside the lines again the book is called color their world the art of creating strong customer loyalty now available on amazon or directly from maryland maryland what's your what's your uh, website address um Maryland at Maryland Subtle. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, MarylandSubtle.com. I was giving you my email address. Okay, and then, well, and now we know. Uh, yeah. But it's M A R I L Y N, not like Baltimore, Maryland. It's Maryland Subtle, S U T T L E. So MarylandSubtle.com, and you can find out all about Maryland, all about the book, all about who's your Gladys, and everything you ever wanted to know about Maryland. All right, but let's talk about this book. Um, and, and go ahead. You describe exactly when a customer or a client gets this and they open it up, what are they going to experience? So they are going to open it up, and right away there's a page that says this belongs. This book belongs to. Because I really believe that ownership of anything you do when it comes to customer service is the key to success. When you mm-hmm. own the skills, when you own the customer's problem as your own, it makes a world of difference. So yep. they have that page. And then as you look at each page, it has a sentence starter. And each page has not too much coloring. I don't know about you, but if I see a page that's going to take me an hour to color, I get more stressed. 
Matt Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like uh, it's like they're big, bold. You know, um, it's easy. It's fun. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It's a, actually, I would say not more. It's a de-stressor. Exactly. That's what it's designed to do. A number of things. De-stressing is a huge one because if you think about it, I mean, there are stressful days when you're dealing with customer service problems, especially in these days where. So much of it's automated, and if something goes wrong and they finally need a real person, boy, you know, you've got to have your emotion under control and, and your wits about you. And it was like I was telling you, I think recently that uh, one of my clients, has, he's, he's got multi-million dollar deals. If he has one unhappy customer, he could lose right. so much yep. that, that that level of stress puts you in fight or flight. It puts you out of your creative mind and into burnout even. So this gives you a way to relax, de-stress, but more, because there's sentence starters that help you adjust your thinking, attitude, and inspiration. Um, and I can go into, there's different types of stems. Okay, well, let's talk about stems. First of all, what is a stem, and how do you use it in the book? So this comes from my coaching background, and what we find is that human beings will naturally realize what's unconscious when they see a stem. They'll automatically fill it in. So, for example, self-awareness stems. Would, here's one. Um, if my best customers describe me, they'd likely say. Blank. Fill and in now, blank. yeah, and so now they're going to start to think about it. Well, what would they say? Or if my coworkers describe me, they'd probably say. And you might be humble about some of the answers. You might be really proud of yourself about some of the answers. But it's building self-awareness. And then one of the most powerful ones is what I want to be known for is. Mm. And so as they're coloring it, they're thinking about what do I want to be known for? And what am I known for now? What would I like to see? How would I like? You know, just those kind of ponderings of the brain without the pressure because you're coloring, so you're getting creative. And then... There's, I purposely did not put a box on each page for you to fill in the answer because that automatically turns into pressure. If you're a competitive type, you want to have the best answer. Yep. <laughs> if you're, so what I do is at the back of the book, all 25, there's places where you could capture your thoughts hmm. and write them in there. So there's self-awareness stems, like I just talked about, but there's also reinforcement stems, like the best customer service advice I ever got was, now, let's say you're in a room and you start your weekly meeting with that, with a page from this book and ask everybody to share, what was the best customer service advice you ever got? Well, that room is going to start buzzing and yep. people are going to start getting excited. And so, so Marilyn, what is the best, I'm just going to, I'm going to have to ask you, what's the best customer service advice that you ever you know, I know, you know, based on your business that you ever got or you ever heard and you ever thought, wow, that's brilliant. I'd love to hear that uh, from you. I'm going to, I've well, got the STEM started. Okay. Um, and, and this comes down, I'll say it in three words. Truth builds trust. Ooh, I like it. Truth yes. builds trust. When you can be transparent and you can be authentic with your customers, they trust you. And you know what happens when they trust you? They have confidence in you. And when they have confidence, that could lead to loyalty. Because without Absolutely. trust or confidence, you can't have loyalty. And I'll add to that, it's great service plus 
trust or, or confidence that leads to loyalty. So it's not just great service that's going to do it. It's that I trust I'm going to get it. I, I love to use the word always to describe what we're talking about. Always, uh, you know, boy, they're always knowledgeable. They're always helpful. Mm. They're always friendly. And even when there's a problem, mm-hmm. I know I can always count on them. The word always followed by something good is what separates average from amazing. But more important, uh, that word always is about the consistent and predictable experience, which means customers trust that they're going to get it, which is why they they use that word always. Exactly. So, so let me give another stem, and you give the answer to this one. Uh-oh. Wait, who's interviewing <laughs> who here? Okay, go for it. Um, someone who inspires me to do my best is. Wow. You? How about how about I would you know somebody that inspires me to do my best? I'm going to tell you you know I, of course I love my wife, but I'm going to say my kids. Uh, I want to be the best because I want them to be inspired to see a good work ethic. At least I think I have a good work ethic. Uh, I want yeah. them to see you know uh, uh, how I handle certain situations, and hopefully I do do the best. And of course they're the judge and the jury. Uh, mm-hmm. They could decide, but I think I'm inspired by 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 them. Yeah, and is that a sappy answer? Hear. I mean, <laughs> no, actually, that's that is an emotion based answer, and that's where people make their decisions from. So, if I was in a room with my peers and one of my peers said that in a workshop, all of a sudden I'd be like, "Yeah, me too." Like it just makes you feel so good because it rings true. These the reason why we do a good job in our life is because we want to make a difference somewhere. Mm, well, I just love that. You know what I want to be. Uh, give me another stem. Okay, so this is a okay. Let's do an internal team building stem. Mm-hmm. So this one would be: I feel most supported by my team when. Hmm. Okay. Um, or you could turn it around because I have another one that says a time I supported a team member was. Because I have to tell you, before you answer this, I once did a workshop and a woman said, I'm responsible for supporting my team. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's why <laughs> they call it team. It. What's your role on the team? <laughs> exactly. So what's your answer? You could pick either one. All right. Let's. What was the first one? Uh, I want to hear the wording again. I feel, I feel most... most supported by mm-hmm. my team one. When, how about... Um, my email box is clear. Ooh, that's a good. Now that one. that's kind of a tangible thing. Yeah. Uh, it's not a it's not a uh, a mental or behavioral thing. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's, it's a tactical. It's tactical. It's tactical. And that's important too. So the sentence stems come in many different categories, and this goes back to the way the brain works, and it really is about helping you become consciously aware of the things you do well that your team does well, the what, the reason why you want to do what you're doing in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then there's problem-solving stems, too. Like, one thing I learned not to say to customers is. <laughs> oh, there you go. So let's let's do – I'm going to put that one on you because you wrote the book, Who's Your Gladys? The one thing not to say to customers is. Oh, I have a whole list. One of them is, I don't know. Oh, so I, much yeah. better to say, let me find out and get right back. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Give me another yeah. one. You have a list. Give okay. us two or three. I do. These are nuggets. Okay, so he, here's one. When I need to say no, I remember to. Um, what do you? What? So that's a stem. What's the answer? Yeah. So if, if you have, need to say no to a customer, I remember to. Try not to say no. <laughs> exactly. Say it. 
okay. say it without using the word no. Right. Like, here's right. what I can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But see, do you see the kind of discussions that could take place in a room when people? And then here's the thing: is if you hear a peer say something, it's like, oh, I wouldn't have thought of that. And now all of a sudden, there's learning going across the whole room. So what I love at the end of most of my speeches, if I have the time, if the client gives me a time uh, to incorporate this in, I like to take the last ten minutes, and I ask people to take sixty seconds, and I shut up, which is not easy for me to do. Especially when I'm on stage thinking they're paying me to talk, not listen. And uh, I ask them to write down what they heard uh, that they want to go back and do something about. Do they want to do something as a result of what they heard? Is there an idea that I shared? Do they want to stop doing something? Do they want to change something? Take 60 seconds and write it down. And then I go into the audience with the microphone. And I don't care if it's an audience of 50 or 5,000. I get four or five maybe six examples real quick as to what the keepers were. And what's amazing is when the audience hears what other people are saying about what they liked about the speech or what they're going to do as a result of the speech, it just takes on a whole new meaning. They start taking more notes. And and it's like the one idea is great, but when they start to hear two or three, then they start thinking of even more. And it's mm-hmm. it's like synergistic, where the sum is greater than the parts, uh, something That's like that. That's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have a smaller group, what I like to do is, after they write it down, because writing, it's important to give people a chance to be introspective first, because we're not all extroverts. So I love that you do that. But then take a beach ball, and I throw the beach ball, and whoever it lands on throws out something they gained from that session. And then they throw the ball. And it's amazing, to because you have no time to think, and you just... It, you have to your say creative it. Mind. Yep. It's the first yeah, thing that comes to your mind. Comes. Awesome. Right. So you might say what was on the page, but you you also might say something you wouldn't have even thought that would just pop in the moment. So doing that creative play, you know, going back to when we were kids, could really help. Um, creativity is powerful. And that's why you're an amazing trainer. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up with a few more ideas. We might do some more STEM work, if you will. So we're talking with Marilyn Suttle, the author and creator of this great new book, Color Their World. And you just go to Amazon today or go to MarilynSuttle.com. This is Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. We're coming right back. Want to amaze your customers, impress the people you work with, and outshine your competition? Going from average to amazing isn't an out-of-reach goal. In fact, amazement is a habit that anyone can master. In my latest book, Be Amazing or Go Home, I share the secrets behind my mantra, which is to always be amazing. Drawing on the routines of incredible people, I share simple practices that can elevate your game. Once you master those habits, you'll be able to create trust, build stronger relationships, make sales, advance your career, and much more. Now is the time to step out of ordinary and step into being amazing. Be Amazing or Go Home is now available on Amazon.com in ebook and hardcover. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio with Marilyn Suttle. And Marilyn, we have been talking about STEMs. We've been talking about this great book. So how does coloring, uh, does it really have business benefits that affect customer loyalty and ultimately profits? I mean, this is a big stretch. I'm coloring in a book. It's going to make me money. Absolutely. Well, customer, I mean, employee engagement leads to customer satisfaction and customer satisfaction leads to higher profits. Mm-hmm. So if we go back to the engagement piece, when you're coloring, and this is really important for our millennials too, because uh, 
focus. You know, we we hear about all the ADD generation. And that's me. <laughs> that's my kids too. Squirrel. And so squirrel. There's I, a squirrel. Ah, right, right. Or but you put like with with my son in high school, I would give him those little. I forget what they call these little toys you put in your hand and it just clicks a little bit. Mm. And he'd hold that and he could attain to anything. He could listen to an audio book and retain it. But without that little thing in his hand, forget it. You know? So the way the mind works, if you want to focus, giving it some kind of thing. So what they found is when people color, they're actually paying more attention to what they're hearing. So maybe you're watching an online course, you're doing some kind of um, repetitive task, if you can color or listen to a meeting or audio tape while you're coloring, you're actually going to attain to it better. Um, there's evidence that even short coloring sessions will improve your focus and spur creativity. So that's why, you know, I was just at a SOCAP meeting, which is a Society for Consumer uh, Professionals. And, and by, they, by the way, they, those people are on the front line at SOCAP. This is all about, you know, support centers, people who are dealing directly with customers. Right, right. And they have call centers, maybe a 1,000 call center employees. And it's a high-stress situation sometimes. And so what they, they, you know, they were really excited about this book because it gives an outlet, gives them an outlet so that they could, you know, take away the stressful moment they just had, recenter. And here's the big thing is the way our brains work, when you're coloring, it activates the frontal lobes of your brain. So that is responsible for your higher level activities. So it brings you out of that panic, fight or flight mode and into your resourceful, creative logic self. Yep. So, and the reason why is because there's not a lot of pressure to coloring, you know, especially when there's not too much to color. It's you can go out of the lines. You don't have to. You get to pick the colors. There's no wrong answer. It's just play, and that will activate the sense. But the, the spin on this is these sentence stems because while you're coloring and relaxing, your mind is free to focus on things that make you feel smart, useful, um, capable, all of those things that make the customer connection. Yep. You wanna, I'm going to tell you a secret. Okay. Okay. Um, I've never shared this. Uh, first of all, I love art. And when I was a kid, I drew a lot and colored a lot. I actually won awards for some of the uh, artwork that I did. My teachers would submit them to Scholastic Art Awards. and But that's not the secret. The secret is what happens when everybody leaves at the end of the day in my office, and I'm the only one here. And that is I have a guitar. And I pick up the guitar and I start playing. I don't, by the mm -hmm. way, I, I, at nighttime when I'm at home, part of the joy I have in my hobby uh, if, or invocation, whatever, or avocation, whatever you want to call it, invocation. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that's a, a great wrong word. But uh, is to, you know, learn and study and I practice and I may run a bunch of scales and I'm doing things to get better. But when I play at the office, I'm just playing chords and having fun and playing the songs I'm comfortable with. And I do this for about 10 minutes and my mind completely changes and I go back to work mm. like refreshed and energized and ready to be a little bit more creative, maybe get into more writing. And I think what you're talking about is 
I'm using such a different part of my brain that I'm yeah. shoving it over to that side of the brain, and the brain's going, oh, this is nice. You've been working yeah. me hard all, all day. This is a new part of the brain. I like working it here. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of like coloring. So now everybody exactly. knows if you, if you call me at 530 and answer the phone, I may have a guitar in my hand. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and I, I don't play the guitar, but I listen to music. So for me, that's another stress reliever because it, hearing, hearing the music puts me in a whole different state of mind. So, um, and that's what it is. It's all about our maintaining a positive state of mind, keeping our attitude healthy and strong and able to be of service. Mm. All right. We're just about out of time. At the end of every show, I have the one thing question, and here it is. What's the one thing you want to remind us of or something new you want to tell us about before we get off the show today? Well, I just fell in love with this quote by Peggy Tabor Millen. It's, we never touch people so lightly that we do not leave a trace. We never touch people so lightly that we do not leave a trace. And so pick up that pen and start drawing. Talk to people around you connect because how you interact with your customers leaves a big trace a positive one and how you interact with the people you work with leaves a Mm -hmm. trace as well i love it i love it marilyn thanks for being back on the show i can't wait to have you back again you got to write another book oh i i will have to do that are you working (laughs) on anything now do you have another project in mind I need a little break because this one just came out. Okay. I do, ha- I do have a picture <laughs> in my mind of the next one. Actually, I think I think I started thinking about that halfway through this one. <laughs> right, and that's the way it usually works. Well, we can't wait to have you back, and we may not wait until that new project gets finished to have you back. We always love talking to you, and you're always you know so generous with your thoughts and your wisdom. Ladies and gentlemen, the book, once again, is called Color the World, The Art of Creating Strong Customer Loyalty by Marilyn Suttle, available on Amazon, available on our website. You've been listening to Amazing Business Radio, and we call it Amazing Business Radio because of people like Marilyn. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. This is Chef Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.